Hello, all sentient beings, and welcome to the Transmissions Podcast, where we talk about all news, toys, and comic books related to the Transformers. Welcome to a special interview episode of Transmissions. Uh, I'm your host, Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how you doing? And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, how's it going? Let's talk Transformers. All right, and Daryl, you did a thing. You were at Fan Expo Canada, and you got to talk to, let me see here, John Hasbro? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the name our uh, Donatrions have kindly given them. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, I was uh, uh, lucky enough to be given the opportunity to talk to uh, John Warden, who's the, uh, the head, uh, the brand designer for Transformers. And Ran Sun, who is the global marketing uh, manager for Transformers. And yeah, that was a really good opportunity. And I, uh, I crowdsourced a couple questions from our Donatrions and uh, tried to uh, get through as many as possible. I was given 15 minutes and uh, got through maybe half of them. So. It's yeah. 15 minutes is not as long as you think when you're in the no, middle of it's not, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we've got some good questions. We had a nice uh, discussion and, uh, yeah, I think, I think it uh, turned out pretty nice. Yeah. I think they're great. And, uh, it is a bit loud. So, mm-hmm. you know, just well, the, the audio quality is as good as we could do with a convention floor, but, um, it's, it's very listenable. So I thought it was a great interview. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, without further ado, let's listen to Daryl talk to John Warden and Rand Sun. Take it away, Daryl. Hey, this is Daryl Cohn coming in from uh, Fan Expo 2019, and I am joined by John Warden. Hey, how's it going? Rand Sun. Yeah. Hi, guys. From Hasbro. And uh, I got a couple questions here. I want to run by you, see uh, see what uh, what you guys are thinking. So, John, uh, do you remember when you got into Transformers for the first time? Yeah, it was right there in the beginning, 1984. You know that it was the um, the first episode of the first of the first uh, cartoon. Really? Yeah, more than BCI Part One. But I I, would, I can honestly say before I played with Transformers. Um, I also was reading the comic books. Okay. About the comics, and about, I would, I would roll them up and keep them in my back, back, yes. backpack. Yep. When the cartoon came on, which was around the same time, but not exactly the same time, it was interesting because the story of the cartoon and the story of the comics. You know, I still remember it super vividly. Yeah. And it was a cool thing at the time. Yeah. It was really hard to get sound wave. Like, oh, I remember yeah. if you had sound wave, it was like, you were the cool kid. So, yeah. One of our hosts, Charles, is going to be a huge... Hugely uh, excited that you read the, the original Marvel comics. Oh yeah, I love those. It's 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 an incredible story. It really is. It stands up. You know, Bob Bob Budiansky and the team really knocked it out of the park. It was it was a perfect gel of adventure, of heart. It's a good, I can keep going about that. Yeah. Do you remember who your first toy was? I do. It was Blue Street. Blue Street. Blue Street. Right on. Which is very. I think it's mostly because my dad liked 
the Datsun Z car. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so cool. my dad bought it for himself. Yeah. And he's like, hey, here, here you go. You know. Hey, yeah. Well. No, I still remember it. Uh, how old were you when you saw the '86 movie? I was 11. You were 11. I was at a traumatizing age. Yeah, because <laughs> right on. You know, when you're 11, a lot of kids stop playing with you. Yes. You know, and I at the time I was watching other, you know, I was watching Robotech on TV and stuff like that. I think Robotech was around the same time. Yep. Um, and I was sort of getting out of Transformers and getting in other things, and I was I was uh, collecting comic books more and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I'll go see the movie, you know. And I I bought Hot Rob. He was my favorite character. Right. I was like still kind of hanging on, you know. I I had like a hardhead and a couple of headmaster guys, and like they're. They were cool. They weren't as cool as the original right. cast, you know. And then, the, that man, that first part, it still gets me. Oh, the se- still, first seven minutes, man, it's a killer. It, it's, it's, it's terrible. I didn't know did, worse. Did you cry? Like, I did. You did? We all did. Yeah, it's not a, don't be, it, was, it can't be ashamed if you cry. Like, I mean, yeah, real men, real men cry. Prime dice, so, legit. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra Magnus gets blown apart. The Junkions are able to put yeah. it back together. Must get stabbed in like a piece of rock, like or whatever that was, like that Cybertron metal the Autobot City's made of. Like really, yeah. like really, that's what killed Optimus Prime. So it, I, so I've always chalked it up to it's like you know, like if people in the Civil War got shot, and that's where your vitals are, sure, like yeah, yeah. bleeding out. Um, yeah, of course I cried. This is awful. The comic version of the movie, Ultimagus is drawn in order, like right. legit. Hold the pieces. It was, it, was, it, was, it was bad. It was sad. It was bad. It was sad. Um, now, how did you get into toy design? Um, well, it's something I always wanted to do. You know, it's one of those things when you're a little kid, they say, you know, all little boys want to be a paleontologist sure. or something like that. So I, I I always wanted to do it. My dad was a, studied as an industrial designer. Okay. He was an art teacher. So he um, kind of showed me how to draw perspective and showed me the basics of the design process. I was actually invited to an American company based out of Ohio called Amtoy. And I looked at the original Mad Balls. Oh, yeah. And like, I, wrote, I wrote the president a, a letter and they invited me in and I showed me how to do the design process. So I wanted to do that for me in the beginning as a little kid. But then when I, got, when I went through design school, I actually um, started off in the automotive industry. It wasn't very fun, and then I like got I got into Apple, and I, I designed uh, Star Wars figures back in 1999. Back when you were probably a little kid. All right, John. In this interview, you're giving away too much of your age now. <laughs> it's fine. I, I let my hair go gray like Reed Richards. <laughs> So get into a little bit more detail here. When you started designing Transformers, there was an obvious design uh, focus that uh, the playability was more of a sandbox pattern for you. Yeah. Leaning more figures to multiple size classes that can interact with each other. Uh, was this all done like consciously, uh, or uh, you know how much planning went into that? Was it done to save money uh, in the long run? You know, what, what kind of went into the thought of designing figures from like Combiner Wars on? Well, we. Um when I moved over to Transformers, I, I had previously worked on like G.I. Joe. Yep. And I'd done G.I. Joe for a while, and we were really efficient about our tooling library. Okay. And I found we could get more done by trying to think about our, our one or three year process. So working with the marketing team, we, we really try to make our tooling library stretch as much as we can. Also, um, I feel like Transformers as a brand has always 
always lent itself well for sandbox. There should be a mixing of scales. Yeah. And with um, Power of the Primes, especially with Warp of Cybertron, yeah. um, we want to make sure that, that fans uh, feel the need to collect multiple scales. Yeah. Because it's all about like building a universe. Mm -hmm. we, we met early on, we talked about building your, building your shelf. So for Siege, it was all about like how do you bring your shelf to life. Yep. So we, we saw fans online with their collections, yeah. and so we wanted to have that happen. Yeah, so that's absolutely. that's a big piece of what we do. Yeah. Nice. Uh, now, your design team has gotten away from doing more obvious gimmicks, like lights and sounds, yep. in favor of more articu articulation and paint apps. Uh, will those more uh, those gimmicks kind of you know return in a more specific uses, or instead of buying wide stuff? I'm thinking more of like mech tech weapons, which were you yeah. know more of unanimously panned. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of heavy mechanism stuff. We still do a lot of that in the cyberverse line. Lights and sounds are definitely something that, that we still see in a lot of the, the kid focus lines. We saw them more recently in um, Fortress Maximus. You know, right. spoke and had some lines. But when we talk to fans at conventions, feel uh, like Fan Expo here, we're able to really. Um, kind of glean from talking to people that they prefer articulation and deco things like that now yeah right? absolutely yeah I feel like the best thing about Transformers is that it's a brand for everybody so we have uh, made it the brand so that we have different segmentations so now we have uh, Cyberverse which is our new series that's targeted more towards a younger audience you know and then before that it's of course Risky Bob. it's a great series exactly and then now with Generations it's like those boys get older they want more you know uh, difficult articulation or different conversions. So those are things that people look for in generations. So we sort of put those um, lights and sound and those electronics part into more of a kit line. And then with our fan line, um, who is mostly older boys as well as you know adult fans like you guys who come to these conventions. Grown ass men, yes. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so you guys are uh, really want more of that, you know, uh, most accurate like version of that character. So we want to put most of our money into either the conversion or the decos or their like details like Warp of Cybertron people so much more details like if you look at Bar of the Prime versus Warp of Cybertron they look you know night and day because we wanted to give a different feel to it we wanted to have a new series to it so we wanted to make sure they do look so different and those are things that we invest in rather than like lights and sounds and electronics well said um, so how much pre-production would go into figures that include uh, that you've included in recent fan polls? Uh, have there been many any poll winners that have surprised you? Uh, were you expecting another figure to win? Uh, finding any of these, has there been any uh, a good way to judge what the fan base would like in any of uh, I can take this one. So the thing that surprised me was the power of the primes that Optimus Prime were winning. Okay. You know, I would have expected, you know, like Star Saber, one of those other guys, Repulsion Magnus, or something like that. And, and it just goes to show you, do not underestimate the Beast Wars fan base. Right. You know, and, and it's a juggernaut online. Like, those guys are very vocal, and they're, they get excited about these fan bases. So that one surprised me. I think some of the other ones, you know, didn't surprise me as much. Tripticon kind of felt right. You know, that one, I you kind of saw that one coming. But in the process of doing these fan votes, it does help us from a marketing perspective to really understand 
just what is inside the consumer mindset. And you'll see, you know, Spinister, lost of ammo, still came out the figure. Yeah. So we're He's able first. to... I know. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. But personally, I was surprised that Nito knows didn't win this ammo that we just had yeah. this year. Right, right. It's like, Ramadan, oh, okay, awesome, thanks, fans, so yeah. we're going to make him. So yeah. there's something that we're surprised by the characters that our fans choose. I wasn't surprised. I think run amok. I think fans. Yeah. 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 I, I think there was, there was, there was, there was a lot of debate in line. I think it was the day, really, from a both yeah. example, they were about, they were neck and neck. They were. Yeah. They really were. And I, in terms of your um, timeline, like, we developed with, um, in partnership with Tower Toffee, as you know. So that's why we basically have a very busy quality time to develop characters. So that's why we have to do our fan boats usually a year and a half or two years in advance. And, you know, the recent fan boat, that character's not coming until fall of 2020. So that's why we do these um, boats for the Right. Lightning round, right? Yeah. Uh, with the vast catalog of Transformers, is it possible for you to do a line of figures without the big four, like Optimus, Bumblebee, Megatron? Absolutely. You know, I think part of what we do with our fan line is we try to engage all sorts of fans. But I do have to say that in our Orphan Cybertron line, really, one of our biggest consumers, at least what we know in the United States, is that it's a, it's a 10-year-old kid. And I think you still need some of those characters in there. But the trick is, like when I worked on G.I. Joe, it's like, how do you do Snake Eyes again? Way. So it's like you have to give fans a reason to buy another Optimus. I think those guys, you can't get away with it. But I think you'll see more for Cybertron. There's no Bumblebee. And that's why I designed it. Very cool. Uh, with Barricade getting an upcoming seed release, uh, we're seeing another character being loaded in the G1 universe of the current toys. Uh, are, we, are we looking to see more characters make their way from other parts of the fandom, other parts of this, the brand, into being G1-ified, if I oh, can yeah. kind of make that happen? Yeah. Yeah? No, I mean, one of the things we notice is there's such a rich library of characters we have made in Prime that um, really there's such untapped potential from that. Not even there even started between, you know, Beast Wars and things like that. There's a lot of cool places. I think it's weird to make sense. I think with, um, with uh, Barricade, it made sense because he is an obvious redeco for me. Yeah. It's like, think about that problem. Like, you, it, it made sense to make him that way. Yeah. There was fan art from Guido uh, uh, that, that you saw that. So we were actually able to kind of tap into what we think fans want. But yeah, we, we, it's all about what is, what, what's the time, what, you know, when is the time right to do. Alright, let's go to the big one. As a, the adult collector knows that they're not the main focus when it comes to the mainline Transformers, but you guys at Hasbro have been doing an excellent job at satisfying our need to collect transforming bits of plastic. Uh, from Masterpiece Studio Series and even the G1 reissues, nothing is more fo laser focused to the adult collector than the Hasbro Unicron figure. Oh, yeah. uh, now, I've got to ask the main question is just why? Why make it? Yeah. Why that one? You know, it's one of those things, like, I still remember going to Comic-Con and um, someone coming to me and was like, well, predicting is great, but you know what you should do? Is you should do Unicron. We heard that okay. like about 50 times, 50 different people. Okay. And so, you know, when you hear people say it enough times, even internally, yeah. and we have a, a, a platform like HasLab yeah. that lets us crowdfund something like that, like, yeah. heck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's make it big and let's make sure it's yeah. the best expression possible. Obviously, right? it's really difficult to put something of that scale in retail and yes. sell it in stores. So we were like, yeah. it's yeah. not going to happen for a while. Then we had the opportunity when most teams approached us for a HasLab project. We were like, well, if Star Wars is doing sale barge, we have to do it. So that was very... Is there one... Is there in 
conflict between the two? Like, is there kind of like a friendly competition? They did space. They did the sales barge. All right, we got to go bigger. Oh no! It, it, it's, it's all about you know trying to visualize what what is that grail? You know, like okay. you know what does the grail sure. look like for Transformers? Yeah. It's yeah. unicorn. It yeah. is. It's unicorn. <laughs> uh, so we got the price is five seventy four. Five seventy five US yeah. basically, uh, and you got eight thousand backers you're looking for, yeah. right? So where do these numbers come from? You're, you're, you know, you're, the, the number 8,000, where did you get that from? Yeah, it is a good question, and I can't comment on exactly how or where, but it is a number that we set our goal to with our, you know, post uh, teams, with our uh, entire company's, like, policy, so we, we had to make that into something that we were able to, like, say, this is the number we're going to go with, we're going to push it out. There's also, obviously, the financial, like, reasons behind that as sure. well, but that's so the number that we just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, just we had to commit to it. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Transmissions. But just because this episode is over doesn't mean the Transformers fun has to stop. Join us and other Transformers fans on our Discord chat server by visiting transmissionspodcast.com slash discord. If you would like to learn more about how you could support the Transmissions podcast, just visit transmissionspodcast.com slash support. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you again next week.